Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. We are back after what seems like an indeterminate length of time, but that's very on theme because there's always indeterminate lengths of time between episodes of Supernatural. Here we are on Wayward Rewatch, my hour, the rewatch of Supernatural from the very beginning. And with me, as always, eternally, whether I wanted to be or not, is my dearest friend Faye. How you doing? Well, that's a bit rude. I mean... Hey, psychologically, you are stuck with me. Yeah, but at the same time, there's no need to be rude about it. Like... You say some of the most hurtful things to my face, but I don't care because you're like... I'm so love. Exactly. I'd rather have a friend that can be made of sarcasm to my face than rather than talk crap about me behind my back, you know? And that is exactly what I embody. Yeah, good. That's exactly our deal, but... We're going to be mostly civil towards each other today as we look back at Supernatural. I think we're going to be more civil than last time because I can tell you what, spoiler for this season, I enjoyed Sam's character. He had some immense growth over season two, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were definite moments, I think I've actually written them down in my notes, where I was like, oh, I love Sam. Oh, Sam's doing a great job. Oh, look at him being sarcastic towards his brother. This is what I'm here for. We're just going to do that. We're just going to have to discuss good old... Tall Tales, right? Because that was when the sass was real between the both of them. Oh yes, no, trust me, we're going to get to that. That's definitely one of my favourite episodes. That's uh, definitely one of the community's favourites, but also one of my favourites appeared this season, but as good as that episode is, it is not that one. We will get to that very soon, but... Uh, Intriguing. My, yeah, one of my personal favourite episodes in all of Supernatural is in this season, and it's not what you think. But I will defend it till the day I re-die. Okay, we, we might have some different opinions on that from the way you've just said. I think you'll, I think you'll agree. I think you'll okay. agree. But, uh, yeah, as we get to it, we're here in season two. What? We crack open with Bad Moon Rising, which was an outstanding way to start season two. I love that they stood on no airs and graces and they didn't try to fade the audience. We picked up exactly where we left off with the car wreck, with the demon trucker, mm. the... Impala totaled in a mangled wreck. Oh, my baby. Well, don't worry, it'll become beautiful, and then a total mangled wreck again within the same few episodes, but we'll uh, get to that. Uh, it's just so hard. Pain. But, yeah, we come right back, and Sam given that one demon, that one ultimatum of, that bullet's not for me, but I don't care. We are in a wrecked car, I will end you. Yes. So, we go from the wrecked car to, like, the hospital jumps straight away. Which is nice and real. Like, they patch themselves up on a roadside plenty of times, off screen and on, but this one's too much, so they have to go back into the human world to try and get some medical help, and two out of the three Winchesters are fine, but one is really not. Yeah, my poor little baby's got a tube down his throat, and he's, like, hanging on for dear life. What up, Dean? It's it's us, death. Yeah. <laughs> we coming. We coming for the booty. Oh, yeah. God. I, I, my second note for this episode was, yes, Sammy, bad bitch mode activate. And I don't even remember why I've written that. He he had the whole attitude of just, yeah. yeah, I think it was when he was just like bitching at his father, which I just, you know, that's great. Well, we'll get to John in a second. He does some stuff in this episode and one of my whole notes really sums it up. But we get Sam just like in the face of every doctor, just trying to be like, help Dean. Help yeah, Dean. Yeah. Help Dean. But we just don't know how, because uh, Dean's just spiritually unavailable. I mean, hasn't he always been? <laughs> uh, the lights are on, but no one's home, as he's in some sort of nether hospital, which is yes. a spicy meatball. And when I realised 
what episode this was because I actually thought that um, the whole Reaper situation came later, but when I realised it was now, hmm. my I literally looked at the screen and I went Tessa, and then I went Tessa. Um, that was a great moment for me. Ah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. like, the last one, time we'd seen Reapers, they were sort of, like, spectral, inky, white-skinned funeral directors. No one expected them to be real pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, but, you know, she had her moments where she she was not. Yeah, which is fair. And, you know, just showing her a true form. And it just shows that how well they know the mortals that that's the sort of face that Dean would respond to. <laughs> Well, I believe in the first season he said, I don't want to stay in a hospital where the nurses aren't even hot. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Yeah, that's Obviously he would go for the Hot Reaper. Yeah. And the Hot Reaper comes pretty close before he has to deal with the other spirit in the hospital and eventually come back to himself. Yes. The whole him dying, him dead, you know, him realising that there's no way back into his own body. Hmm. And he was just super not ready to let go. And then he does a complete 180 for the rest of the season. He's just very determined to stay alive and stay grounded, given, given what he's given what eventually happens in the episode, I feel. That's one of the things I was really wanting to talk about as well. Just like You wanted to talk about Sam's progression. I'm very interested in Dean's progression with some of the stuff that... Our favourite dad, John, puts on him. I'm always happy to talk about the inspiration. Yeah, good. But I feel like I didn't give enough credit to Sam in the first season, so I'm here you, to you weren't... both of my boys this time. Yay, finally. You weren't super into Sam, but like after the satisfaction of seeing Dean come back, uh, we get the ominous wispies that yeah. John gives Dean as he goes like, okay, it's fine. Everything's great. I'm just going to lean over and, you know, ruin your entire fucking life. Like, I hey, haven't done that before, hey, anyway. welcome back from the dead. By right. the way, <laughs> which we don't get to find out, even the audience doesn't get to find out what John said to Dean until at least, like, Epis- three or four episodes, I said? It's not revealed until episode ten. Oh. My timeline's off again. That's cool. Um, so, we have... Dean, who's just kind of lying in the... Oh my gosh, one of my favourite parts of this episode, sorry, I just realised, was the Ouija board moment with Sam. Oh, it was so funny. (laughs) They were just sitting there, like, come on, man, really? A Ouija board? Are you serious? And Sam's like, Dean, if you're there, please. He just sees... makes the whole thing just feel so demeaning. It's just like, oh, this is stupid. But then he starts moving it and it works. And he's like, yeah. oh, crap. And Sam's like, oh, no. This is worse than I originally thought. Yeah, because I, I think part of Sam wasn't expecting it to work either. No. No. I think Sam definitely thought that Dean was obviously still in his body and he wasn't, like, a spirit yet. So when the Ouija board started working, the lo- just the look on Sam's face was like, oh, okay, all right. Well, now we just have to deal with this. Yeah. How, uh, wiki how... Wiki how to, how to bring your dead brother back Wiki how to life. put spirit into body. How uh, how do. Yeah. How do. But then a note that I made, once we, once the spirit's been dealt with and Dean finds his way back and, and John puts that whammy on them and Sam just gives John so much shit even though John's just like, yeah, okay, I've, I've sold away my soul to make sure my son's alive. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. The note I said that it's really ironic that John's greatest moment of fatherhood was when he, like, sells his life away to make sure his children are alright. Oh, yeah, see, my note said make the deal and fuck off. Oh, you just wanted that on that bad, huh? 
I just I, I I have a visceral reaction to that man. It's just not good. But it's Jeffrey D. Morgan. I I enjoy Jeffrey D. Morgan. He's a great actor, and I don't have a visceral reaction to him apart from oh hey it's Jeffrey D. Morgan. But when I see John Winchester's face, oh oh, it's not pretty. Just like immense rage. I just I don't know what happens to me, but I'm just immediately I want to murder your ass because of what you've done to my voice. Don't worry, he did that himself. Well, that is true. Yeah. Isn't like selling your soul technically committing suicide? It's just very, very, very slow. Usually. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. All right now, because John just drops fucking dead. <laughs> like, hey, Sopasol, Dean's alive. Oh, hey, have Demon this... Demon gets the cult, yeah, ha- the magical yeah, ha- weapon. Have this mystical gun, please. The most American <laughs> magic item. But the only thing that can kill the demon, I'm giving to the demon, which is With, a great move. Which is also on the last bullet, and they've had this whole mythos saying that only specific bullets can be put into the gun. So in the time it took between the whole season, did yeah, the did he not, not think about taking the bullet out of the gun? Or just like firing it into like the air, or a tree, or a... Some... This was also my question. Yellow Eye Demon's a dumbass. Yeah. I will uh, I will argue that another uh, character that appears across this season is a distinctly better villain for this for this season than the Yellow Eyes. We'll get to that. Oh, I was thinking in my head, I was like, who is that? There are two options, both are reasonably correct. Again, we'll get to that. Okay, cool. Um, so, we have Tessa, who's a great reaper. Yeah. Um, I don't think she comes back, does she? She did not for a while. Not until, like... Season four or five, when yeah. we actually meet Death Death. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've met her. She's, She's like cool. chilling. Chilling out. Yeah, in general. Um, and then, you know, Dean comes back to life. And then you get the ever so classic slow motion my father's dead on the ground, so I'm dropping my coffee. There's a nice cathartic moment, man, because they expect. You didn't. You never expect it. Because they spent all of season one looking for this dude. And they spent all of season one hearing about this dude's mission. And then, like, immediately into season two, oh, okay, cool, he's gone now. Bye. See yeah. ya. Peace. Yeah. You've, he's sold away his quest, and he's given up his life for his sons. Does that not, like, sort of, like, detract from his, like, whole character that you just built up in all of season one around? I mean, no. The, the main thing that John has always had is his family you know he was doing this because the demon murdered his wife he was doing this because he wants revenge for the life that him and the boys could have led you know I know that he loves his family he's just being an absolute dickhead about it okay what was the what is the correct way to go about this about what about John's whole existence he's a dumbass yeah but how do you undumbass the dumbass you can't okay cool you're just forever a dumbass. I'm so sorry to have to break it to you like this, mate. But, like, <laughs> if you're raising your children to be hunters instead of, I don't know, sending them off to boarding school whilst you go and hunt the demons so they can have a semi-normal childhood and then break it to them when they're, like, 18 or technically 21 is of age in America, you know, and then let them decide, like, take them on a, a small hunt and let them decide if they want to be, like, Oh, so mum didn't just die in a house fire. It was, like, a whole thing. Yeah, but if they weren't acclimatised to that life, they'll either A, think he's crazy, or B, freak out and retreat back into their normal life. And he didn't want that. He would want some backup. Which is a... Inc- I'm not just saying that as justification. 
It's not. It's a horrible thing to do to your tiny children, but that's a thing he does to his tiny children. Dumbass. Yeah. There we go. Problem solved. Oh, I've written, it's a little too late, John. It's a little too late, John. But I think that means because he was giving a crap about his children. What did your bitch ass just whisper to my boy? <laughs> well, we'll find out in episode 10. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah, but that's a whole bunch of episodes in a way. In the meantime, we get to episode two, where... Everybody we, loves a clown! They go through the whole montage of building the Impala back up to its beautiful self, and I love the the whole the whole framing of this, is that straight from the beginning of the infancy of the show, we know both boys' irrational, fi- uh, irrational fears. Mm. Planes crash, and apparently clowns kill. Yes. Yeah. I mean, both are true. Yeah, both are true. One's... Like, of the two, clowns are much weirder than planes. That's a really strange sentence. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't really, you know, like put of the, the f- Yeah, of the fear, they're both valid, because like if you're scared of them, then you're scared of them. Everyone's allowed to feel what they feel. Yeah. But clowns are creepy, and planes have gone through hundreds of years of taste testing to be safe. But they're still not safe. Yes, they are. Sometimes. Some, like, 0.001%. Yeah, and how many clowns are murderers? more than you know all they got to do is put, take off the makeup and the wig and they're a normal dude that can just like be disguised I thought the clown was the disguise exactly but they they embody the clown on the inside L- listeners uh, if you by the time this comes out episode 4 of uh, a review for another show will come out where my father and I discuss in length how creepy clowns can be oh is that Mr. Joker the, Mr. Hocker Mr. Yeah. Hocker Yes, he now is the creepiest murder clown. Yeah, thanks Stephen King. Yep. Um, So, in episode two, we get John's funeral, where they salt and burn his father's bones and lay him to rest. The good old hunter's funeral. Exactly. Were you emotional? Not in a little bit. Cool, because I was like, can we move on? I mean, you would be. Yeah, that's why I checked with you first. That's fair. I mean, like, I recognise that John did the thing he did, and he chose it, therefore that's his fate, and it's nice that the boys made that effort, because that's the hunter tradition, just to make sure you don't haunt our asses. Mm. But at the same time, his face still comes back. Yeah, because his spirit's somewhere. Well, it's somewhere else now. Yeah, we'll hear about that in episode 10 as well, I think. Oh, I was thinking like way the hell into twenty-two. Oh no, I'm no. I just, <laughs> when 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 his name's next brought up by that douchebag demon. Oh, douchebag demon. That's a cute nickname. Yeah, I mean, like that's the whole point about the supernatural. They were all douchebags, and now they're sort of bureaucrats. Oh, so we get the roadhouse in this episode. I love the Harvells so much. They deserve so much better. Oh my gosh, they they're fine right now. Okay, chill. Uh... We don't have to go there until we get there. Yeah, as for right now, they are two, like, loud-talking, heavy-drinking, badass ladies. And I the love best. them. Oh, I God. love them so much. So I genuinely didn't realise that the Roadhouse came in this early. I thought it was, like, halfway through season two. I thought it was as well. But I remember them being such a huge presence in this season and season three yeah. that they had to have been shown up a little bit earlier. Yeah. Which is why, like, it's such a pleasant surprise. But the, uh, <laughs> the introducing of the two characters was outstanding. It's just, you, they walk into that place and they're just such presences. So Sam and Dean go into the roadhouse 
and then all of a sudden they have guns against their like backs and heads and it's just it's Joe and Ellen yep it's the Harvells yeah and it's just so funny that that these two women have been able to take the Winchester boys within seconds technically they've been hunting longer so that's in their nature they also run a roadhouse for hunters. Yeah, exactly. So they know not to trust just any stranger that walks into the door. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're John Winchester's boys. Oh, they're John Winchester's boys. Yeah. <sighs> so I've I've uh, I've definitely gone down the road of hi Joe, I like you. Hi Ellen, I like you. Hi Ash, I like you. You Ash. deserve so much better. Ash with his Tennessee top hat. Oh, business in the front and party in the back. Yeah. It needs a cut, is what it does. Mm, yeah, probably. But then we go through the Dean's denial into Dean's acceptance in this episode ish. Because he just fixed the car and then it ends with him beating the shit out of the car. Yeah, but that was more of a cathartic beating the shit out of a car mm. rather than like, I'm really angry. Well, no. I guess because he's really angry, he needs to beat the shower or something. And Baby holds so much of his father as it used to be his car. And he gave it to Dean. You know, it might be one of the last things that they have of John's apart from the journal, which obviously, like, you need that. Yeah, it's, it's like a holy grail. It's so got everything. He's just rebuilt the car, so he knows he can rebuild the car. And therefore, he's like, ah, I can just do this again. It's fine. Because good old Bobby Scrapyard seems to have all of the pieces for everything they'll ever need ever. Yeah, infinite pieces of an Impala, which, I mean, sounds great to me. Yeah, but like of a car that's like pushing, well, it's nearly 50 years old, they must be really specific. At this point, it'd be like 47 ish year old car. 65? 67? 67 Impala. Watching you do brain maths is so much fun. If it's not. Damage from a monster, I don't know. Okay. Thank you. Alright. Um, so, killer clowns. They go to this circus, and there's this bunch of clowns that basically... Well, there's this one clown that takes children yep. as friends, and then murders their parents. And these kids, I'm so sorry, but, like, do you not have common sense? No. There is this clown you saw four or five hours earlier at a circus that is suddenly at mm. your house and wants to come in to play. Like, um, no. Creepy, 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 creepy. Like, so many kids these days in America especially are taught about, like, when there's someone you don't know is being weird, you shout stranger danger at the top of your lungs. But, like, I think it targets, like, kids just young enough to for clowns to still be fun and be like, come with me. Yeah. Or at least that's the logic that you're going for. But at the same time, I'm sorry. If I was five and a clown showed up at my door in the middle of the night, I would not be letting them come into my house. Nope. I nope. don't know if that's just me. No, that's, like, the logical thing to do, but then there would you would survive a horror movie, unlike most people. That is true. I like to think that. Yeah, I like to think that too. I probably wouldn't, but, like, I'd like to think that. Yeah. Wait. I'd um, like to think that at least you would you would be, like, one of the last few to die. If you were to die. Thanks. That's okay. That's right. Um, so, they... This was really funny to me, is when Dean tries to be a little bit more PC about everything. When Because in the first... Um, 
time they went into the circus, he was like, hey, have you seen this guy? And he's talking to the blind guy. And he's like, oh, are you a funny man now? Are you making jokes? And Dean's like, Sam, a little bit of help. And Sam's like, nah, you're fine. <laughs> but then that's just Sam owning his little shittery. Yes, exactly. And that is when I was like, nah, this is, this, this is where I start to like your character. Yeah. It's because you have character now. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, you're not. They find out. I haven't actually written down what it was. Was it a spirit? Or it was a, a rakshasa. It oh, was a yeah. it was a demon from Hindu myth, or a or a malevolent cat demon with backwards hands from Dungeons and Dragons. Both it good, but yeah. one of them's more clownish, I believe. No, it's because it's a shapeshifter. Because it sh- sh- takes the shape of the clown, except when it's on days off, and it takes the shape shift of the blind you know, throw a dude. Yeah. Yeah. That they shiv it with a big old piece of brass, just like in the myths. Yes, they do. Which was really funny because it was in the Hall of Mirrors, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. they they had, a, they had a big old chase and everything was distorted and their knives were flying everywhere before yeah. they f- break the pipe organ and stab them, s- stick it, stabby stabby. Well, that's good for them, unlike uh, Rakshasas from Dungeons and Dragons who will come back after respawning in the hells. So good luck to them. Ooh. Yeah, that's a thing. That doesn't sound nice. It sounds like fun, but it doesn't sound nice. No, no, that's why you have to go and kill them in the Nine Hells, because they'll just keep coming back for you. A trip to the Hells? Yeah, that sounds like fun, right? Oh, let's go! Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like fun. But uh, after we talk about the next episode, I think, episode three. Bloodlust. We meet one of my personal favourite characters from the early to see uh, the Supernaturals. Is this your villain? Nope. Oh, come on. Gordon Walker, vampire hunter. Gordon Walker, fa- douchebag hunter. <laughs> no, excuse me. No, that means just... the boys are douchebags. I mean, let's be real. Uh, uh. No. I mean, we love them, but you can be a nice douchebag. No. <laughs> no. They're not douchebags. Okay, fine. Thank you. They might have problems. Doesn't okay, that, mean they're I, douchebags. Th- okay, fine. Yeah, we can agree on that. But uh, Gordon, his whole talk with Dean, trying to put the whammy on him, that there is no clear answer. Every the world is in shades of grey. You can do whatever you, whatever means you have, just to get the hunt done, to get whatever goals you have done. So yeah, it's okay to kill nice vampires because they're still vampires. Yeah, which, uh, you know, is something that the boys never grew up learning. They always grew up hunting things that were killing people. Yeah. Like, there was no, oh, this monster's just chilling on his porch, let's go shank him. Yeah. They never really saw that side of monsters because they were never targeted by John. They just... Exactly. They were just... They were always going after threats. They never went after, like, nice-ish monsters, which there apparently there are, and it really is a revelation for the boys, I'd say. Because yeah. Dean starts out very much believing that, and he's turned around with it, especially considering how brutal Gordon could be. Yeah, Dean's definitely like, no man, it's a it's a monster, and Sam's like, they haven't done anything. Dean's like, it's a monster, Sammy, they're gonna do something. Yeah, but are they though? Do you know that? Exactly. These are the ones that were killing cows to drain them for blood. Yeah. And definitely not eating humans. Yeah. And then Gordon Walker shows up. And it's just like, nah, they're definitely monsters. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get out my machete. My, my machete. And and swipe swipe at the head. Yep. Swipe swipe for dead monsters. Oof. Wow. Um, so, I'm sorry. Can we talk about the elephant in the room in this episode? Would you like to remind me? Benny? Benny! What up? 
Betty! I mean, like, it's nice to show that, like, there's... Like, the whole progression that Dean goes with, like, okay, Miles is maybe nice, which is where he could go and be friends with Benny down the road, but I don't think it's... Is it actually Benny, Benny? Cause they it's call him not a the same character. Yeah. But... It's the same actor. In my head, I'd like to think that this character is actually the same character, but he just changes his name. Yeah. After everything that's happened here. And yeah. goes off and gets his own vampire clique. Yes, and rolls off with the Lenore, was it? Yes. To, like, form a new, decent-ish nest, because when Benny comes back to life with Dean way, 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 way down the line, oh, yeah. he's uh, drinking blood packets. Yeah, yeah. Which is not actually a good idea for blood vampires, but we'll get into the science later. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good idea. I always, I always liked that idea. He calls himself a different name, but like that's no, maybe just like a name he gives himself, and then changes, or then changes back into, or I don't know. I like it. I like your idea. That's an idea. Like that every town about. they move to, they like assume different identities. Yeah. Kind of situation. Yeah. So. I can kind of see it being the same guy. I can see it being the same guy. I'd like it to be the same guy. It's a nice nice bit of consistency. Supernatural's done that a couple times with they've recycled some actors and different Mm -hmm. characters-ish. Alfie and um, the dude from the airport in season one becomes Sam's douchebag father-in-law. Yeah. There are quite a few actors that, like, come back and play different roles. Yeah. Um, But there's enough similarity with this character that it could be the same dude. It really could. Yeah. I hope um, it's the same dude. I like that idea. So here are a couple of facts. This will be good. Uh, this is, if it's supernatural, we kill it. Is one of the lines in the show, and it's one of the rare times that the show actually uses its own name yeah. in the show. I think it's, you can say it's like le- like five times or fewer. I don't know the yeah. numbers. Um, and <laughs> the thing that I actually wanted to talk about, which is really funny to me, is this is the actual episode that Jared Padalecki broke his hand. Oh. So in yeah, the it was next, the explosive, wasn't it? In the next episode, at the end of it, um, he has to go like it, in in the episode. They make sure that Sam has an injury to his hand so that Jared can go and get it Done. wrapped up at wrapped the hospital. Um, and he in spends real like life, a bunch of episodes with his hand with his up. hand and wrapped up. So it was in one of the stunt scenes, and uh, he breaks his hand, but he doesn't think anything of it, Jared, and he goes a- about you know, starting to film the next episode. Halfway through the next episode, his hand was, like, completely, like, swollen and purple and, like, gross. So he goes to the hospital, they realise it's broken, and he's like, well, I can't just have it wrapped up, I'm halfway through an episode. Yeah. So they write in at the end of the episode, at the end of the next episode, that Sam hurts his hand, and that way he can go have it go and, like, splinted and plastered up in real life. Lovely, lovely bit of realism. I find it, like, interesting that... This is one of the shows, must be its age, where they film everything in order. Yeah, definitely, because I was thinking the same thing, because no one does that anymore. It's all out of order, you know, just fit it in where you can. Yeah. But I think it might be the way that they filmed it, or it might be just the directors and the producers wanting to film it in order for it to make sense to the cast and crew. Yeah. Um, But them filming it in order, actually, it really threw me off as well when I found that out. Yeah, because something like that happening these days would be a huge problem, like oh, a huge yeah. logistics thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I found that really interesting. Yeah, it is really it's interesting. A little bit of tidbit for you. Yeah, because I remember him being so uh, tied up for like six or seven more episodes at least. Yeah. I think. I'll be honest. I didn't even notice when he got it off. There was one part where um, later on he jumps into the water, and I think that's one of the last times we see him with his cast on. Yeah. 
and I definitely made the note of saying I don't think you should be swimming with a cast on Sam. Yeah. But that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It's a world of demons and other monsters. We can lightly forgive it, just. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got into a car crash. Having a broken wrist is like child's play at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Speaking of child's play. Oh, well done. Thanks, man. Well done. Thank that was you. good. <laughs> so children shouldn't play with dead things. Episode four. Uh, I think the big takeaway for this was that one scene when they just started to figure out what's going on and Dean just, like, in a rage just says what's dead should stay dead. Mm. Just That just really sums up his opinion because he's been tussling, I think, inside with the reconciliation that he does kind of want John to come back even though he also knows that that's a monstrous sort of thing to do and mm. can't really balance that sort of emotion. Well, he's he's definitely going through that thing of I shouldn't be here, I should be dead right. and dead things should stay dead and therefore Dad shouldn't have made that deal for me, he should still be around, we should still have the cult, it should only be John and Sam doing this right now. Yeah. He saw enough of the situation outside while he was astral projecting or whatever to see that like they're making such an effort to get him back but he was already sort of he was already sort of okay with it in that moment when Tessa was starting to take him away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was definitely getting to the point where he would have been okay with just letting it go and dying. And then John made the deal and brought him back to life. And he's definitely still struggling with the fact that you know his father is in hell because of him. We don't know that yet. Oh, I'm so sorry. His yeah. father's in hell because of him. Yeah. We can, we, we can we assume, can assume. That. We can assume that, but when that one demon a few episodes down the road like puts it in his face, that's a real like kick in the nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, logically, when you're making a deal with a demon, yeah. where else is your soul going to go? Yeah, I mean, like that's a totally legit thing, but then again, later on in the season, we touch on like angels and stuff, and Dean has some really interesting opinions on that, but we're not getting to that. Right now, we're talking about my zombie girlfriend. Oh. Well, not literally. Oh. Sandy's fine. Okay. I promise. But... Uh, the dude who raises the girl of his dreams back from the dead because he's creepy and can't move on. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> I found it so funny. I was like, dude, listen. Um, I, there are other people out there. Yeah. Like, you, you don't need to bring back a dead girl to have sex with. Yeah. Please. Ever. It's yeah. just not something that needs to be done. Yeah, and... Like the whole episode, we see how like distraught she is of being brought back from the dead until it gets more and more unsafe. Mm. And it's just, and I, I super enjoy the way that the boys have no idea what they're dealing with. No, because it's just like, oh, there's no body here, but there's no signs of spirits. What? So they they actually stumbled into this, don't yeah, they? they? Did. Because yeah, they did. Sam wanted to visit his mum's headstone his yeah, tombstone and they saw the and weird grave next to us Dean saw the circle like a complete circle yeah around this girl's grave and realised there was he was like um I think there's something dodgy going on here yeah that's not normal no and Sam was like it's not a hunt there's nothing here it's so just... a patch of dead grass shows up big deal yeah but they poke around and it shows how good their instincts are Maybe John did teach him right, despite being, like, not there. Yeah. I guess. I guess. You can't accept anything positive about him, can you? Not until episode 22. Well, that's... And we a, have a while to get That's there. a billion years from now. In the meantime, we're going to pay a visit to more weird demon children. Yay! I think, unless you have more things to say about my zombie girlfriend. I mean, not particularly. She was cool. Yeah, she was cool. Um, uh, that's at the end when 
Sam was like, I think she broke my hand. That made me laugh. Yeah, because that's when they were able to write it in. Yeah, exactly. But then, yeah. We can definitely go and talk about more more crap visions. What is your problem with the convenience visions? You literally just said the words out of your mouth. The convenience visions? Yeah. So? If they played an actual part in, you know, day-to-day life, great. I mean, what kind of visions are you going to get in day-to-day life? It's just like, hey, where did I put my keys? Duh! Weird visions. Oh, they're over there. No, I mean, in their everyday hunts. Like, if Sam got the occasional vision that wasn't to do with the yellow-eyed demon, then I could say, oh yes, he has powers. But because they're all tied to the yellow-eyed demon, they're convenient visions. But that just shows how deep this weird demon blood conspiracy goes. We don't know demon blood. Shut up. Don't we? Didn't we see the bleeding in season one and we're going crazy? You're going crazy. I'm going crazy. Cool. The bleeding in season one, it looked like, the way they shot it, the blood was coming from Mary. Yes. Yes. Because she was a little bit torn up and then put on the ceiling and then set on fire because die. Yeah. That's convenient. But yeah, so I guess they are convenience visions. Yeah, extremely. And it just annoys me. I don't know what it is. I just really don't like them. Um, but in this episode, I enjoyed what was happening. Yeah, because the other participant... We learn a lot about the actual like extent of the weird demon conspiracy. Mm. We see that it's not just everyone getting convenience visions or other powers. We get to see more powers, because we saw the abused kid with the telekinesis in season one. Mm. And now we're getting to see uh, good old Andy and his really, really nice and charming persuasiveness just walking around town in his pyjamas just being like, hey, can I have your coffee? Hey, can I have a jar in your car? Yeah, sure. Great, absolutely, why not? And then, um, obviously, you you have the other one. Yeah. Just the... Just the the fades to black is when we watch them on DVD or wherever they fade to black and then that's where the adverts would be and it just comes back with Andy in the chair just be like I have an evil twin it's so funny <laughs> it's just the worst fade to black because obviously when we're watching it there are no adverts like nope. it would be when nope. it's live on TV so they fade to black they come back and it's basically like wow okay but just like the moment, just the realization of him just sitting there processing, I have an evil twin. Something we all don't want to want. Oh, I want an evil twin. I don't know if I am the evil twin. Yeah, you, could you imagine you, but like really chipper and nice? That's the deal. That's gross. But then again, it's also sort of like in Scott Pilgrim where like negative Scott emerges from the video game mm. and they just talk about like, oh, do you want to meet up like next week? Go to traveling? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's just a really nice guy. It yeah. shows that the real Scott is the douchebag. Yeah, exactly. That's what I find so funny. I love it. Um, so we get to go back to the roadhouse in this one. Yay. Woo. Always happy about my roadhouse. It's just, sorry. They're just, they're just too pure. They're just too pure. I love them. Um, and then... You know, uh, Sam's asking Ash to pull up a list of kids whose mothers died in, in fire on when their six-month birthday was. Yeah. Because he was like, I need to find my people. Yeah. It's just so specific information, but Ash being some sort of genius. Apparently he went to MIT. With that haircut. Hey. With that haircut, I've, I've heard, I've heard uh, the mullet called the, called the Tennessee top hat too much that I can't not call it that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. But, yeah, he finds them, and we go see Andy and also his creepy, creepy evil twin. I have an evil twin. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Dean, 
shoot yourself in the face, I dare you. <laughs> uh, yes, no. Uh, there is one point where I'm like, hey, Dean, babe, shut up, stop talking. Quit giving away your car. Like, no. <laughs> it's just the blasé way about it of the mind control, because you expect... Because with mind control, you expect like a little bit of hesitation as you feel someone creeping into your willpower. It's just like, yeah, and he just steps right He's out. Like, oh my gosh, of course! Like, doesn't she feel great? You take her for a ride. Have a nice time. Yeah, he like he gets the door for him like yeah. a valet. Yeah, it's so cute. But also, can we mention Andy's fan with the barbarian queen riding a polar bear? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I want one. You want the van, or you want the barbarian queen riding a polar bear? Both. Cool. Correct answer. <laughs> yeah and we- uh you know Andy having had his mother burn on a rooftop yeah obviously a demon child yes hello demon child hello welcome to the fold um surprisingly doesn't die no which is a shocking turn of events honestly yeah, yeah. the evil twin does which is unfortunate but well one of them had to one of them had to but um yeah he like is just super curious about the world that's opened up to him. Hear about the hearing about this dude, this giant man with similar sort of powers, or at least similar origin of powers, and like this whole world of demons and magic and mystery. And he's just sort of like tries to dabble with it. And when we see him again, he's his powers have increased. He's leveled up. Level up. Level up. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with you? Level up. Get that level up. Okay. So, with all of that done, Sam finding you know some semblance of normal. Yeah. Kind of. We move on to episode six. Now, this episode is, no ge- exit. is genuinely one of my favourites in all of Supernatural. Oh, really? This episode. I just find it so classic and satisfying. It is a it is an undefeatable ghost Yeah. that is the ghost of some long-since-past serial killer in a... I find it really interesting also that the majority of the episode happens during daytime. Oh, because most of the like hunting and like staking out is done at night time. Yeah, usually because mm. that because the freaks come out at night. But like when we want darkness or creepy, we go into sewers and we go into crawl space between walls. Yeah, which is like claustrophobic as hell, which really freaks me out. Oh, nice. That uh, that's not the reaction I wanted, but okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'll never put you in a crawl space. Is that the reaction you wanted? Thank you. Great. Um, we get such beautiful human interactions between Joe and Dean and Joe and Sam and we see them dealing with the unkillable ghost by sorting him in a place and then concreting him in. Yeah. It's just something about this episode just so satisfying. I actually watched it back twice. Oh, nice. I actually watched it back twice. No, is... I really... I do enjoy this episode. It's it's one of my... I wouldn't say favourites, but it's definitely up there for season two. Yeah. Just because of all of the interactions with with Joe and the fact that it's her first hunt and how much research she's done and that she doesn't even need to prove herself to the boys because, you know, she is good at what she does. I mean, how many times have the boys been taken by a monster? Uh, untold. Exactly. Untold. So the fact that she gets taken, it doesn't even, you know, symbolise that she's not good at her job. Yeah. It's just that she needs to learn that she has to have backup. Yeah, and that's why she was so good for the good for the job. The H. H. Holmes ghost likes taking like pretty blonde girls. Exactly. Which is why she just threw herself into it. Which is why Mama Dearest wasn't exactly best pleased. Oh, oh. listen, Dean is scared of Ellen, and I can understand why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you don't mess with a w- woman that powerful. Oh no, 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 no! She will take away your whiskey. <laughs> oh, we can't have that. And then she will shoot you. Yeah, we can't have that. Like. 
I think Dean would be more annoyed at the missing whiskey than the shooting. Yes, exactly. Yes, he would. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole strength of the interaction between these characters just going up into the end of the episode where they get back to the roadhouse and Joe explains just why she's so mad at Sam and Dean. It's because your father got my father killed. But she didn't know that until Ellen told her why she didn't want her hunting. Yeah. Just, like, in general, but also specifically with the Winchester boys. Yeah, which is uh, just the the nice immediate reaction that Joe has that she couldn't keep this in, which is why I really also really respect Ellen for running this roadhouse, raising Joe on her own semi-three-quarters out of the life. Yeah. And just trying to deal with it. Yeah. And obviously then you have... Sam and Dean being like, wait, hold on, our father got your father killed, what? Hold, hold on, no. And then Joe's like, just leave, and I don't want to see your face. Bye. But yeah, that's just shows the level of time that John's been involved in, and how little he actually talked about. Well, see, the last of my notes for this episode was, you aren't even alive and you're still screwing over your boys. I get why you hate him, but you beat on him so hard. This is almost as bad as Sam in the first of the first season when we were walking. We're on episode up. six. Like I have plenty more of, of this. He's not even here. Exactly, and he's still screwing over his boys. Uh, okay. I mean, you go and you kill someone's father. I mean, accidentally or whatever, sure. But at the same time, you know, they were they were bringing Joe and Ellen into their lives. They were having. The, the roadhouse as a regular pit stop so they could have some semblance of oh we have friends this is definitely good for us yeah we have friends they understand us Ash is real good at doing really 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 specific research yep a weird sense of you know almost family per se and oh, then no, it's all not. of a sudden your father killed my father please leave I mean it's so close yeah it's so far so close but then with that nice uh, little pet stop that respite place just like pulled out from under them like a rug they have to keep going and they have one of the most interesting ghost experiences they have in episode 7 the usual suspects yeah the usual suspects I honestly forgot that this episode was a thing I forget most episodes are a thing but yes this one specifically um, I half remembered because of uh, the woman yeah who just goes into the book of Sam and Dean's, like, cop buddy. They have a lot of those, but I feel like they need a lot of those. I also feel like most of them end up being women. Cool. Oh, yeah, because we, like, meet Jodie Mills in a season in a bit from now, and then we meet the chirpy one from Minnesota a, yeah. a few episodes, a few seasons after. Yeah. And then there was the one in season one that was the, and the actress was the grown-up uh, version of the kid who was possessing the exorcist. Yeah. They were all... I like I like the writing team. They write really good, powerful no. lady cops. This one was pea soup. Who was it in episode one? In season one? That's what you said to me in season one. You were like, oh yeah, the pea soup girl. And I was like, that's not, no, that's not correct. It was this one, where Sam and Dean were walking off, and he was like, you know, I could really go for some pea soup. And I wrote it down specifically to tell you you were wrong. I'm hallucinating. I'm Apparently. crazy. I'm crazy. You knew one of them was. I knew one of them was. It was this lady. It was this lady cop. This lady cop. Who was the last lady cop? I thought she was in something else. Yeah, I don't know. You just kind of pulled that one right right out of thin air, mate. Oops. There we go. Oops. But you are correct. He does walk off and he says, I really feel like some pea soup right now, which is a shout out to her character from The Exorcist. Classic bit of uh, horror that I don't think the show like this would exist without. Exactly. It definitely pulls a lot from the old horror tropes. 
especially in these earlier seasons. Yeah, because that's when they were still dedicated as a horror show and didn't evolve into memes. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, this the few first seasons are great, but when we get into the whole, like, we've just kind of slightly given up, It, I just find it so much better. Because by then you just know who the boys are, what their story is, the fact that they're kind of unkillable. Yeah. We can just have... We can just have a laugh. We can just have a laugh, yeah. Like, why do we even need to be here? I don't know. I'll be honest though, towards the end of the se- of season two, I definitely, I, I teared up quite a few times. Because they handled some things like really was, heavily like, well. Yeah. The freaking sepia tones though, I'm done with. Like, can we get some colour? Oh, we're going to be talking about that in a few episodes. Okay. Okay, anyway, back to the usual cesspools. Yeah. Dana Schultz. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? I don't know. It was a weird one. It, it was definitely a weird way of going about things. I liked the idea of it. I liked the idea that not all goes to bed. Yes. True. But? I don't know. She, like... There was something about the whole situation where, again, the boys were like, it's a ghost, it's bad, you know, even though a few episodes earlier they were had the vampires that weren't bad. It's really easy for them to fall into the same sort of habits, I guess, and then again, like, they were sort of able to respect the vampires because they were working against their nature. They, maybe ghosts to them are, like, remnants of, like, half people and are acting out of, like, sheer primal whatever, and they, they need to learn a lesson over and over again to let it really sink in because they sell them. Well, I mean, yeah, to be fair. But, you know, at the same time, ghosts are born of violent murders. Yeah. And I can completely understand why the boys immediately go on to thinking, you know, oh, they were violently murdered, so they're going to be really mad about it and they're going to start murdering people. Yeah. Like, so- I understand that that thought process. Let's all burn them. Oh, okay, cool. Didn't work. But, yeah, they have to learn the same lesson over and over again, I think. Yeah. To quite Einstein, maybe they're crazy. Well, all of the best people are. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I like that. Thank you. It's from Alice in Wonderland. I know. Okay. Just the way you I, thought, I thought you were calling me crazy. That's why I was well, I mean, yes, both. Cool. That's better. Um, for some reason I've written, yes, Sammy, escape room god. And I'm not entirely sure why. But there we go. That was a good Sammy moment. I'm glad that he's actually getting some this season. And also some good Sammy moments. Yes. Um, you know, the, the brothers also have a really blind faith in each other because when Dean was in trouble, he was just like, eh, it's fine, Sam will get me out. Yeah. I mean, like, at this point, they've been rolling around across the country saving people hunting things for well over a year. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they know to be able to count on each other and they've been able to come back from the dead at least half a, half of a time each. So they can, so they know to trust each other. They mm. know to trust each other. Mm. Um, the the note about McQueen. Yeah. Would, it just got me. I don't know why. It just got me. Them like using special code words that only the other one knows specifically, you know. And then someone's like, "Hold on, wasn't that McQueen's character from, uh, The Great Escape?" Yes, exactly. This is and, me. and then Sam escapes. <laughs> And I'm like, listen, this is what we call good TV. It's good TV, and it's good realism of people just, like, in a dangerous life, and they need codes like that. 
but those are so specific that you could get them basically anywhere. Mm. Well, I don't know. I definitely did not get uh, Funky Town. It's a real funky town. Mm-hmm. It's a real funky town. It's a real funky town, you chose here, saying. Yeah, as and then our ways roll on to uh, a big old crossroads, don't they? Wow, you missed a completely good segue. I did? I said it's a real funky town here, Sammy, and you could have gone, and on to the next funky town they go to in Crossroad Blues. No, because they didn't really focus on the town so much, they focused on the crossroads. Well then, on to the next funky crossroads. But it's not the same feel, is it? It's, it was a good one. It is pretty good. You're just you're missing, you're missing them. Oh, I'm trying I'm sh- to set them up for you, and you're missing. I, 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 we, we didn't rehearse this. This is all off the cuff, which is how we're meant to be doing it. Which is why it sounds like di- oh, hellhounds! Yay, battle doggos! Yeah, ba- battle doggos. I mean, yeah, to be honest, demonic battle doggos. Yeah. Um, I completely forgot. That Hellhounds came in this early. They were always associated with Crossroad deals, so I think we needed to see them as early as we saw Crossroad deals, so it made a lot of sense, but I thought this was like episode like 14, 15 in the season. Mm. Every time a Crossroad demon popped up, I was like, Crowley? 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 No, I just think from the the outtakes, it's like, Crowley? Crowley? (laughs) Crowley. Uh, I just I need him to come and I need him to like get here soon, but I know he doesn't. not Not even for a season in a bit. I know. It's fine. Anyway, so there was the sweet blues playing in the background whilst someone got ripped to shreds by a battle dogger. By a battle dogger, I'm glad that name caught on. <laughs> but, with, yeah, because the episode started with one of the most historically famous crossroad deals ever. In their life or ours? In the actual world. Oh. Yeah, that thing is a very, very important uh, blues artist from the beginning of the episode whose name's fallen right out of my head and I didn't take notes on because I'm smart. Yeah, I also didn't do that this time. But yeah, the episode starts with the uh, a blues legend that the internet is probably shouting back at us because he very openly said he made a deal with the devil at a crossroads to get excellent guitar skill. Yes. I do remember something vaguely being said about this. Yeah, he was in No Brother Where Out there as well. Great movie with George Clooney. Yeah. So we get the crossroad demons. Yep. We get like what was it? Two people killed before the boys found the last one. Yep. Because they all made deals around the area. Oh, and we also get my absolute favourite, Goofer Dust. Goofer Dust, which doesn't which just doesn't really come back. I mean, it never plays a part oh. again, does it? Just like uh, our favourite Christo. Oh my gosh, these boys. That I, there was this Tumblr post I saw where this always starts good when you see I saw it on a Tumblr post yeah. someone said why don't they just put salt into a hula hoop and then hula hoop their way around and that way they will never be hurt by demons or ghosts yeah. and I'm like you just expect them to walk around hula hooping all day that sounds great let's do that for an episode I mean like not, that's not necessarily even needs to be a thing they could just like put it in the lining of their jackets or their belts and stuff but they don't learn they never learn oh no no they sort of learn we'll get I'll, I'll emphasise it in a minute when it gets around to that episode but they sort of learn a lesson but they don't learn this lesson no they didn't learn a lesson though because they didn't get I know what you're talking about but they didn't get the tattoos after that lesson no they? They, they got the they got them after one of them was possessed and ran around and killed a bunch of people they got little charms. Bobby gave them charms. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm so sorry. Anyway, crossroad demons are great. Yeah. Um, Dean definitely did some manipulation central. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was outstanding. Yeah, to manipulate a demon's a no-meaning thing. 
No mean thing at all, because that's the whole point of a crossroad demons. They're there to trick you into giving into your desires and selling away your soul. Also, a fun little tidbit: Ooh. the demon, the crossroad demon that, um, I think the first blues music, yeah, person did it with, uh, did the crossroad demon deal with, was the roommate from the Hookman episode in season one. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. Another example of supernatural recycling actors. Maybe that particular crossroads demon just possessed that dude from the room, from the episode. Possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Because demons can't like be there, so like they possess. It was the dude. a young girl. Yeah. Um, who was roommates with the pastor's daughter. <laughs> Pastor. Well, um, and that was in this century. I know. So the original deal. Than the blues guy did in like the fifties, this girl wouldn't have existed. The thirties, but um, like a common ancestor or like supernatural, just recycling actors. I'm gonna go with the second one on that one. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> so uh, that actress came back. Uh, Dean got a different actress, crossroad Dean than actress. Yeah, that's again them trying to not recycle actors across centuries, but then again also across centuries. See, I would have not seen any problem with the actress being the same actress as the first demon crossword me yeah probably but again we're trying to apply logic to a show where you bury a shoebox with a cat skull and a bunch of pictures and you get a deal yeah that's fair I mean I'll let you off that's thanks cool nice but still this was a very important episode lore wise because we see that demons do hold an internal contract with themselves and they can be summoned if you bury some weird shit at a crossroads and strike up a deal yeah. in exchange for your eternal servitude of your immortal soul. I mean, they give you ten years first. Usually. Alright. I know. That's sad. Um, the flash forward of the rest of the season at the end of that episode yeah. looked super dramatic the way they shot that and cut that together. It was so good. Because, like, the... The cuts were so so quick, and you just wondered how much, if any, of it are going to go through go through and happen. I, with a flash forward, I hate it when it's right at the beginning of a story, just to build up fake tension, so that you can see where the episode or the story goes to get either. Mm. But if it's all predictions and prophecies and half truths like that, I love it. Mm. I do it because super, it just gives you nothing. Yeah, and it just makes you want to watch it. Yeah, it's just like. Aah. Because we know where they are right now. Yeah. So we just have to wonder what goes wrong, all right, all wrong, wrong for them to get to that mm. place. Um, I will make a small note here. I picked up the first book in the Supernatural series. Yeah, you, you've been sending me pics um, of you reading them. It good. was so funny. Oh, yeah. uh, it was really, really interesting to read. Um, and it was actually set in between Crossroad Blues mm. and Crowdon. And there was like... I think the next book as well led off from that book. So in between Crossroad Blues and this next episode that we're about to talk about, they have at least two different hunts. What were those little hunts then? So the first one was based on Edgar Allan Poe, um, and there was another side... They had two hunts in that book, which was really interesting. So they had... the They went to see Ash's friend, who was being um, haunted by this young girl, Banshee. She was, like, singing at all hours of the night. Um, and then 
Sam was like, oh, whilst we're here, let's check out these really weird murders. And by really weird murders, he means an orangutan escaped from a zoo and killed two college kids. What? Let's not go there. Um, there were... A f- also, a guy got um, bricked up in a basement. Uh, so they're basically just taking murders straight out of Edgar Allan Poe's stories. Yeah. To see if he can be resurrected. Because there was this whole thing about um, a scholar talking about how, you know, no one actually knew how Edgar Allan Poe died. There was, like, a whole conspiracy theory around it, and he wanted to bring him back. And there was, like, I will get this answer, finally, blah, blah, blah. And I thought he was talking about the answer of why a raven was like a writing desk. But apparently the answer that he wanted was, how did Edgar Allan Poe actually die? Yeah, which I think is a more interesting question. Also, raven writing desk isn't that Lewis Carroll. No, I thought that was Edgar Allan Poe. I'm pretty sure it's Lewis Carroll. Ooh. Okay, we're going to have to Google that one in a second. Um, anyway, so that was that one. That was the first book. I haven't got my hands on the second book yet, but it's something to do with the Grand Canyon and witches. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm interested to dive into that one as well. But they just kind of insert these books into random points in the seasons from like now throughout to the end because there are still books coming out now. Yeah. So... Um, I might see if I can continue reading them and hopefully I wouldn't be that far off of where we're watching. That's fair. Um, it's interesting to see, like, because they're not referenced in the show, they're not, there's not an emphasis where you don't have to know them, mm. but they are placed in very spe- specific points that mm. they say that they are established in canon and things that did happen to the characters that may be called on later. Yes. Really, really interesting. Don't know how I feel about the ones you just talked about, but oh, like, I'll lend you the book. It's please, great. Please, yeah. it's great. Please, yeah. But back into like established canon, back into the actual journey ahead, we find out another mystery this time with another great historical callback. Unlike the blues artists of the thirties, we get what happened. Find out what happened to the people that scribbled Croatoan somewhere back in the, the day. Back in the day when the first settlers came to Ham Erica. Yes. Um, it was a trip. A the entire chip. episode was just pure weirdness. Oh, but I love that. Like, there was no, we can fix this, there was no, I can help you. There was definitely no, there's a cure. No, not even a little bit. That's just why I find it so scary that demons have been using biological warfare for as long as they've been tormenting humans. Mm. It was just definitely a, we need to hunker down and not get killed (laughs) situation. Which they did in the first one in that Bugs episode. Yeah, sometimes they're... I like it that there's sometimes there's things that are too big for them to imagine to deal with. They just have to muddle through and hope for the best. Yeah. This was one of the first episodes that I think we saw Sam and Dean really start yelling at each other about, you know, um, I'm not going to let you die. Oh, no, you have to. Oh, no, I'm not going to. I love you. You're an ass. You know, the usual. The usual. Um, so basically, the boys end up in this town. It's a real creepy town. Um, it's not a funky town, though. People are, oh, it might be a funky town. People are dying. Well, loved family members are murdering other loved family members. But before they do that, they bleed on them a little bit. Yep. And that's how the curse 
Oh, well, it's not a curse. It's a really. virus. Yeah, the virus gets passed on. Yep, a virus with traces of sulfur in it. That's how you know it's a demony virus. Uh, and we find that out from that smart doctor lady. Yay. Was she a vet or a I doctor? Think so. I feel like she was a doctor, but I don't know why she might have also been a vet in my brain. You mean like you interact more with vets than doctors? You, you as a human. That is true. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> they have the devil in them. Of a sort. Legitimately. Yeah. They had the devil in them. Yep. With the sulfur. And the virus. Gross. Demons. Nice. Ish. But, like, they were put, like they were infected in such a way that, like, at least in my head, it turned them into, like, 28 days later zombies. They definitely weren't, like, possessed-possessed. They just kind of brought out their most primal... Yeah, but... Uh, it was like, human nature. It was like a weird demonic rabies. Yes. Yeah. Where they all lost their nonsenses. Time. Yeah. And just, like, went around, like, ripping people. Yeah. Two shreds. Two shreddy shreds. And we find out that Sam is, is immune. immune. Exactly, as the prophecy foretold, according to that demon. It's just like, oh, that he's immune to the disease, as expected. Mm, which was nice. Like, I feel like the this is just another sign on the demon web conspiracy thing. They were trying to stress test him, and they're definitely trying to stress test him in a couple of episodes from now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I've somehow written, oh, look, Dean's showing his gay. Oh, I can't remember either. No, I think he was talking about a certain character and was like, oh, that guy, look at his cheekbones or something. I can't remember, but apparently he was gay. And I, I mean, it. That's, that's just a whole deal. When will Dean admit his very queer feelings? Uh, yeah, so we also see... I, <laughs> I made a note at the end. It was like, oh, hi, Meg. Oh, hi, Meg. Why are you, why are you making slit and throats and calling people again? Uh-huh. That's a really weird, like, way for demons to Skype, I swear. Well, I mean, I can see it, though. Like, blood-to-blood contact? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Do you think there's, like, some... I don't know why, but I just jumped ahead a bunch of times to when Crowley was doing... was calling that way, and he was just getting a bunch of, like, static from the demon's blood phone switchboard. Oh, they were like, eh, we can't put your call through today, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, tracking on, what we got on? Episode 10, Hunted. Because right at the end of uh, this episode, if you remember when it looked like Sam was about to just go feral from this disease, Dean was sort of racking his brains about the ultimatum that John gave him, yes. to which he ultimately didn't need to cash on, but he said, Sam, there's something I've got to tell you, end of episode. Which I'll tell you, if we watched that live, it would really piss me off. <laughs> You'd have to wait an entire week to find out what it was. F that. We get back here in episode 10, and Dean reveals what exactly John said in the little wispy whispers. Which was basically, you have to save him, or you have to kill him. Which is a nice normal thing you should ask your son to do in regards to his brother. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, go on, tear John a new one. No, no, it's fine. What? I give you a free shot to tear John a new one. Exactly, I don't take free shots. Okay, go. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. But yeah, we get that revelation, we get that... Ultimatum of just like, you know what? Something is up with Sam, and you need to deal with him potentially permanently. Yeah, he's your brother. Yeah, you've been rolling with him for ages, but that's not important. You have to deal with him eventually somehow. But I, I, the one thing I will say is, he says you will have to save him, or you will have to kill him, and he knows the way Dean works, and especially when it comes to Sam, the option is there for him to save him, and therefore that's the one he's going to take. So yes, I understand that John's basically said, you're going to have to kill him first. 
but you know that there is also an option you can save him you can save him D- and that is the option that Dean would always 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 take without a shadow of a doubt yeah um so watching them you know shout at each other yeah that was really satisfying yeah really really satisfying but eventually Sam sort of comes back around even though he deeply hates it and doesn't really understand it or trust it which puts the whole emotional way of him being like half and half about how he feels about his dad way back in the centre of his mind yeah because there's definite moments where after John died Sam's like no we we have to do this dad would want it this way and Dean's like I'm sorry what did your bitch ass just say to me <laughs> and I so just brilliant. especially when Dean's like you never ever when you know dad was alive you never listened to him but now yeah. that he's dead you want to like chat to me about him yeah because you were so determined just to find dad just to tear him a new one and then over the course of the journey became an okay hunter and now you respect him just because even though he said this thing mm, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really flim flammy but, but dealing with the death brings out weird flim flam feelings yep and then we see a vision a convenience vision but but not from Sam dun 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 Ava! Yeah, yeah. Like, what well, up? It's nice that they were able to recycle some of the powers between different people. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because we met Max and he had different powers. Yeah. We met Andy and he had different powers. Yeah. And his brother had the same powers because that would make sense, they're twins. But Sam and Ava having the same powers yeah. was a complete one-off. Yeah, because even then we meet a few... Other demon kids in of later on down the season in what I like to call demon kid hunger games. Yes, but we they all have a decent spread of powers, even down to the marine dude who's just conveniently super strong. Yes, but then you also have that guy. Oh, I don't know if that episode's happened yet. There's. I don't know if this episode's happened yet because my timeline's all screwed. But there was that guy who had uh, electrifying powers. Oh, yeah. And he was a demon kid. But I, I don't remember if that was previously or... I think I made a note of it somewhere, but I don't know if it was before or after. Because oh. um, he got murdered. Badly, yeah. Um, and he had electrifying powers and was a demon kid, and he was, like, trying to get therapy, and he was like, the yellow-eyed man made me do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Now oh, we know your deal. So, you know, there are definitely a bunch of different powers... And so far, it seems to be Ava and Sam are the only two with the same powers. And it's like a really specific and like most internal and sort of deal, which mm. is kind of interesting. And especially we see how we see where the powers end up as they level up. Yeah, as they as they move through Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, so Ava has this lovely vision that's basically Sam getting himself blown Blowed up. up, and it's just like. Hey, I don't know who you are, but I had a really funky dream about you getting blown up, so don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, please don't lose your shoe. Yeah. Because that was his shoe came off. That's um, not sad. Anyway, so Gordon rocks up. Your boy. What up? Gordon Walker, vampire hunter is back. <laughs> Your boy. Except for this time, he's, he's not hun- a vampire hunter. He's a hunter hunter. He's a Winchester hunter. Yeah, because he's heard about like Sam's deal being able to shake off this weird demon rabies and just generally untrustworthy 
Especially and he was like, week. monsters are monsters, Dean. Yeah, and so and your brother is unfortunately a monster, therefore he shall be destroyed. Yeah, and Dean was like, you touch one hair on his head, and I will just kill you. That's ex- pretty much exactly how he says it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very good at Dean impressions. Yeah, Dean's your boy. Um, so, you know, Gordon gets Dean to phone Sam. Yep. Sam actually picks up, instead of being a little bitch. Um, and Wait, they talk about the funky town yeah he was like it's a real funky town you chose here at Sam and Sam puts the phone down and he's like my brother's in trouble what's about Lassie to be fallen out of the well but at the same time they never use the word funky town again I believe the word is Poughkeepsie and they just call him Poughkeepsie a fun- funky town are they yeah I don't just... know if that's that but definitely the, the safe word from now on is definitely Poughkeepsie I'm sorry the safe word yes yeah. Sure. The common save me word. Oh yeah. You know, the safe word. Yeah. Um so that was interesting. It's so many times we just get the one shot thing and so it, it's the, really beginning to annoy me. So Stormcam must be like four or five at this point, because we've got Christo, we've got Goofa Dust, we've got uh Funky Town. Yeah. And we've got Missouri. <laughs> oh. Oh no, don't bring Missouri back to me. <laughs> Because she was a one-shot too. <laughs> oh, she gets name-dropped in like season eight or nine. Really? I don't even remember that. I think I've blocked it out because I'm just so annoyed. Boy, if you boy, if you put your feet up on my table, I'm going to whack you with a spoon. And Sam is just living his best life. <laughs> Dude's like, I wasn't even going to put my... She was like, I'm thinking about it. Uh, every time I get the chance to bring her up, I will. Good. Um, so Dean's having, you know, a little bit of a problem. He's tied to a chair and not in a fun way. Um, and Sam's going to get himself blown up without Ava's special visions. Convenience visions. Yep. And wasn't the entire reason Sam left Dean in the first place to come to this funky town because he wanted to find someone like himself? Yeah. Because Dean was like, no, man, we just need to hunker down. We just need to wait for it to all blow over. And Sam's like, I know, I've got to go find my wife or some such. Or crap. some such, yeah. But um, yeah, he went off to go find the thing and then... Uh, Dean ran into your boy mm. Gordon. Yeah. It's like your your brother's a monster. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Poof. No. Okay. I'm tied down now. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and then uh, Sammy. Your boy. Sammy just uh, rolls in. Decides not to step on that landmine. I mean, that was a good choice. Yeah. I'll be honest. But it's also nice to see that um, you can move past the visions because um, all of Sam's other visions have mostly come to be they've like he saw the people get get killed by the evil twin and he saw names of fallen ram I had telekinesis dude doing in his parents Max that's it um yeah it was really interesting because the way Sam's vision works is you either have 20 seconds to fix it or it's already happening yeah whereas Ava had this vision like what seemed to be ages in advance. Yeah. So uh, ages in advance and detailed enough for Sam to know what to avoid. Yeah, and like what what it's what is happening. Sam, uh, sorry, Dean having that panic attack when the grenade went off and he couldn't hear Sam anymore was like, I, 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 <laughs> I was real. like, excuse me, no, stop it, he's fine, knock it off. Um, and then Sam just destroys Gordon. Yeah just lays him out which, which is uh, kind of in a way almost not really but almost proving his point but at the same time I've written Sammy you need to think of better one-liners yeah he does 
because like he's fine in 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 a fight. He's great. Yeah. That's that's cool. But like you need to get some sass. Learn from your brother. You know, sass he, it up. He'll he'll grow into it. He'll grow into it in this season. Actually, I think he'll grow yeah, into it. He he does come up with some with some better ones later on down the line. Um. So. He was being a little bit dramatic, and then they had a bitch jerk moment, and then everything was fine. And that's pretty much the entirety of Sam and Dee's relationship. <laughs> yeah, you can sum you can somehow like that of like one's in mortal danger, the other one's t- trying to do their own thing to progress the season. The other, then realizes that the other one's in mortal danger. They'll get out of it by the skin of their teeth, call each other a joke and a bitch, and then drive off to the next adventure. Yep. Yeah. And in the next adventure, episode eleven, playthings. We, it's the creepy doll episode. It get one of my some of my favorite like horror tropes all in one place. Creepy hotels and ghost children. Yeah, ghost children are awesome. Yeah, they are. So, Ish. well, we get these creepy dolls, and then we get this like rather big shot of a nice hotel, and then a guy falls down the stairs, and his neck is just all Gone. the way backwards, like oof. Just a gonzo, just like very crunchy. And we see, uh, the way they shot this was actually really interesting to me because it never said that um, the small child's best friend was imaginary until like the very end. It was always, you know, the the young girl whose name escapes me right now, I think it was like Jordan or something. I don't remember. Tyler? Oh yeah, Tyler. It might have been Tyler. Yeah, and then the the imaginary friend was called Maggie. Tyler and Maggie, thank you so much. So Tyler was all like, Maggie said it first, and then the mum was like, we'll tell Maggie not to say that. You know, it was definitely shot in a way that you didn't know that Maggie wasn't real. Yeah, well, not real, but not there. Yes, like a spirit rather than a natural child. She was there in spirit. Oh, wow. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Hey, mean mean comments. That's a spirit. (laughs) No, you don't. And uh, we had another Dean gay moment. Yeah. Because, what do you mean, I look the type? Do I look the type to, to be gay antiquing? Um, that was funny. Yeah. I enjoyed all of these moments. Yeah, as, as, he, yeah, as he tried to process that, that weird emotion as you reclined on a tiny bed in a hotel room full of dolls yep. everywhere. Yeah, it was definitely one of those moments. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed, and, I don't, and it bothers me how inspired I am in a lot of my weird side character creations for the ancient butler. Oh, I enjoyed him too. Yeah. He was a, he was a good laugh. Are you sure you want me to bring my back? No, it's fine. I've got it. But and then down at the bar as well, where he was like, "Are you sure you want to talk when you old an old man to tell sto- when you ask an old man to tell stories? It's going to go on for a few hours." Yeah, that's a, such a real thing to say. Yeah, and then you've just got Sam upstairs drinking himself into oblivion. Just because, because you know. No, but they both do, and then they both have that weird semi-catharsis of just like, "Hey, hey, we're both in a bad place, but we're going to move, move through it." Oh no, I was talking about when Dean was sober. Yeah and like hunting and he goes back to the room and Sam's like just blottoed and he's like oh, mean of you're mean and short <laughs> and I just I cracked I absolutely lost it I was like yes Sam thank you this is what I need from you so but then watching him the next morning as well being hungover and like throwing up in a toilet was so also real. great so real because I mean <laughs> you know the night before, he's like, 
You're mean and short and bossy, but you need to kill me. If it gets too bad, you must kill me. And Dean just placates him by saying, like, okay. And then he's like, you're not going to remember it in the morning anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, you get, like, flick to the next day where Sam's throwing up in a toilet. And Dean's like, no, you need to go brush your teeth. Like, you, no. Yeah, no. We're not leaving you're this gross. room until you sort yourself out, mate. Gross. No one wants that. You just have to has to deal with it, but... There's a few scenes like that. I remember in like a season from now when they're in the asylum mm. and uh, Sam's hopped up on all the all of the sedatives. Yeah. Like you re- get real insight into Sam when he's just like inebriated and yeah. honest. When he's not blocking himself from saying something, I think is the is the moments when his character truly shines through to a point where, yeah. you know. There's no backtracking from here. He said it, and it now has to be dealt with. Yeah, but then we get the answers we need, and they were able to find out that maybe hoodoo can be used for good. <gasps> hoodoo, hoodoo, hoodoo. Do what? Remind me of the hoodoo. Hoodoo. You do. Do what? Remind me of the hoodoo. Doo-doo? I mean, that wasn't even remotely correct. No. But let's just go with that anyway. Um, so, plot twist. She's not real. What? She a ghost. What? Not only that, but she's the grandmother's sister. Yes, and the grandmother has been doing black magic to try and like keep her from killing people, but yes. her and getting then, old and having a stroke is just like letting she the corpse ghost out again. So no one could hoodoo, and therefore the ghost came back. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, great storyline. Like the fact that this woman had to, like, for years and years and years protect the family um, with no one else knowing. Like, what was going to happen if she just upped and died? Did she not think about passing this on to her daughter? I mean, that's what she should have done, or I think she was just banking on her plan with what happened in the episode anyway. What? Sam and Dean coming in and saving the day? <laughs> no, when she died, she became she reverted back to a ghost of a similar age and became her plain friend forever. Oh, yes. That was a very cute sacrifice because I don't think she was technically ready to die, like, mortally. No. But she she definitely was like, I'm gonna sacrifice myself for you so my daughter and my granddaughter don't die. You crazy bitch. Yep, and the moral of the story is ghost children deserve friends. Oh, I thought the moral of the story is Jared swam with the blaster on his hand and didn't have it in the next episode. It just dissolved. Yep. Yep. Just trying to save the little kid drowning. Save the little Tyler who drowned. By the way, I'm sorry, that ghost girl had great hair. (laughs) What? It was like super blonde and curly and bouncy and it looked really nice. Yeah, that's the whole point. She She was meant to look like a creepy doll, just like the rest of the creepy dolls in the whole hotel. Yeah, great hair. Great hair. That's, that's what I'm going to leave mine on. Great hair. Yeah, and I think with 11 of the 22 episodes discussed and with an hour and 20 minutes of, a, of chatter on the clock, we've done a lot better than last time. But, I think so, yeah. But we can leave ourselves in a nice mid-season break and pick up episodes 12 to 22 at another time. Oh, there's some stuff that goes on down in the next half of the season. That's where things really heat up and we get the dramatic conclusion that sets up the rest of Supernatural going forward, I would say. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. But until such time as we come back to that, Ms. Phaser, where can the nice people that have been listening to our random chatter find you on the interwebs? 
Um, I have an Instagram, which is always buying books, where I just talk about books, like, a lot. Um, and a Twitter, which is FayClark16, which, again, I talk about books and other cool things and post my reviews for your comic sites on. Yeah, you write uh, some great reviews on Dark Knight News, oh, uh, alongside me and my father, and our reviews are also posted back on fantasyuniverses.com, where you do your great multi-book reviews and sum-ups of the year. Which I will have one coming at the end of this year. I have a lot to talk about. I've I'm sure you do. got some stuff going down. <laughs> As for little old me, you can find me on Twitter at IzzetTinkerer, I-Z-Z-E-T Tinkerer. I write also on Dark Knight News and DC Comics for News doing some reviews. I write on Fantasy Universe about my love for tabletop games, and you can find me most Tuesdays on Twitch streaming Dungeons & Dragons. And you have, like, several podcasts. Several podcasts I contribute here. I do my own one about games, which I'm deeply behind on, but I might get some boys back soon because the next set of magic looks amazing. Mm. It's all like Grimm's Fairy Tales. Oh, sign me up for that one. Uh, what are you doing next weekend? I'm in America. Have fun. Um, <laughs> I I'm mean, small. so are you. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be able to sneak in some cheeky magic. All right. I always do. Um... But yeah, that was us waywardly rewatching Supernatural Season 2 Part 1. We will be back with some further episodes very soon. Until then, thank you for listening. Thanks, bye. Fantastic Universe's podcast was created by Stephen Ray and Adam Ray and produced by Adam Ray. This episode also features Faye Clark. You can follow us on Twitter at FanUniverses, follow Adam on is at IsItTinkerer, and follow Faye at FayeClark60. Original music by Professor Elemental and Tom Caruana. You can find that at tcrecords.com, T-E-A-S-E-A-Records.com. Opening music can be found on the Open Music Library. All things all nerd all the time, just for you. Thanks for listening.